Yo. Hey, is it working? I can hear you. You can hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Then, yeah, it sounds like it's working then. Great. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Give 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 000 Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Bringing to you the best stories from icons in the bourbon industry, it's Bourbon Pursuit. Now here are your hosts, Ryan and Kenny. Welcome back to another episode of Bourbon Pursuit Podcast. My name's Kenny Coleman, and I'm joined with me as always with my buddy Ryan. How you doing today, friend? Doing great, Kenny. How's it going for you? It's going, you know. We're uh, very excited to be down here on on Whiskey Row around this area because there's a lot happening in downtown Louisville right now. There's a lot of renovations. There's a a lot of new bourbons that are they're actually I shouldn't say new bourbons, but there's companies that are buying all these new properties in downtown, and it's it's becoming almost a, a secondary stop of the bourbon or the bourbon trail to say, you know, we're not going to go to all these different places out in Bardstown and Loretto, but instead, you know, Louisville might be the new home of being able to come and experience all these distilleries. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's nice to have a central location where uh, you can 
kind of just show up to Louisville downtown and you can go for the Evan Williams centers there now. And then also Angel Envy is going to be down here and uh, Michter's I think also, but it's going to be great to have these locations, you know, walking distance from area attractions. So it's really neat what's happening. Super excited. about yeah, Cause it. if you think about the bourbon trail, when you want to do it, I mean, it's, it's about 200 miles worth of driving, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's exactly. A, it's here you can stumble day. home from, you know, the, the distillery <laughs> instead of worrying about uh, driving, but if you need drivers, get Minjula Tours. <laughs> Minjula Tours, you got Uber, you got everything around here now. But I'm joined. We have two guests today. We have from Angel's Envy. We have Kevin Curtis. We also have Kyle Henderson. So both of these individuals have been kind enough to, to give us a moment of their time. And we want to kind of just get a history about you all. So, Kevin, I'm going to kind of look at you first. So tell us about your your story into bourbon. You know, we, we've done some research on you. We learned about your times at, uh, you know, Woodford Reserve and Brown Foreman. But let's talk about, like, how you really got into that space first off. Um, well, i I have to be honest with you. I, uh, I finished my, uh, degree at U of L fairly late in life. And, uh, I, I just happened to get a biology degree and was looking for something to do. And, uh, a friend of a friend worked at Brown Foreman in research and development, uh, told me about, uh, they, they had some openings there for a lab technician. Went in, talked to them. They hired me, uh, and I just happened to start in a group there called Process Development. Uh, and what we did a lot of in Process Development is uh, we worked on yeast propagation, uh, mashing, fermentation, distillation, um, and you know different grain bills and recipes. And so I, I, I was I started I quickly got a uh, a little dose of, you know, distillation life on a pilot scale. Uh, I'd been there probably six months or so and heard about this old property out in Woodford County that Brown Foreman had purchased. They were going to renovate and reopen a, a distillery out there. Uh, so it just, it happened to be the LeBron and Graham distillery. And uh, Brown Foreman had a, a lengthy, lengthy history with that property going way back uh, uh, into the 40s and 50s and 60s. So, you know, I was, again, a lab tech in R&D and I wasn't making any money. And I thought, <laughs> you kind of well, just you kind of fell into yeah, it. Right? I, I, I wanted to do something new and, you know, I was I was ready for a change. And, and so I jumped up and down and raised my hand up in the air and shouted and said, hey, I want to go do that. You know, thinking I, I just want to go out there and do anything. You know, I'll be an operator and, uh, you know. And just like most people in the industry right now, you, you couldn't imagine how it would end up to the point we are now. Yeah. Yeah, my, 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 my entire career is just, you know, I, in my opinion, I, I feel like I, I've just stumbled through a, a series of, of lucky breaks and just been in the right place at the right time. You definitely and didn't have this like wake up one day, hey, I'm going to be master's. No, no, not at all. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was, I wanted to go back to school and, and finish my degree and, and one thing led to another. And again, like I said, right place at the right time. Uh, so I, I wanted to go out there and, and, uh, a gentleman named Dave Shurik, who was leading up the, uh, the, the project and going to be the plant manager, talked to him a few times. He liked me and, uh, you know, I, I really didn't have much management experience, but, you know, and, and all I knew about whiskey was what I had learned in R and D there. Uh, but he, he, he tapped me to go out there and be the production supervisor 
and uh, showed up and we, we started tearing the place down and, and building it back up and, and got it started. You know, we, we hired some more guys and uh, opened up our bottling facility. Uh, then we opened up the distillery and everything just sort of happened. I ended up spending almost 14 years out there. I was about to say, now it's history. Now Woodford is yeah. definitely one of the, the biggest brand names that are very recognized yeah. out there. And it's it, you yeah. could almost say that you're, you're that's your claim to fame, right? I mean, you helped build the brand up to, to what it is. Yeah, that's you know, I got my start there. I, I learned a lot there. Uh, uh, you know, being a part of Brown Foreman, I had I had uh, uh, exposure to a lot of different parts of the industry. Uh, the best part about being at Woodford Reserve was the fact that I, I yeah, I was working for Brown Foreman, a large company, but at the same time. I was working at a facility and I was responsible for distillation, uh, you know, all, all the, from the, the entire distillery from, from bringing in grain to the finished product to getting it in the barrels. I was in charge of the maturation warehouses, uh, bottling, processing, shipping and receiving uh, maintenance, uh, you know, everything from, you know, the boilers and air compressors, you know, down to the, the toilets and the visitor center. So, <laughs> so you could write the whole operations yeah. manual. So, you, you know, I, I, you know, I learned, a, uh, really my mechanical skills, you know, improved out there. I, I, I just, I learned pretty much everything I know out there. Uh, and then I, I was lucky enough to be pulled into the early times, which is now called the Brown Foreman Distillery mm-hmm. here in Louisville. Spent uh, a couple of years out there, uh, you know, a whole different, whole different side of the, of the, of the industry, you know, large volume distillery. That's all I was focused on was making whiskey. I, I wasn't involved with, um, uh, you know, the barreling, the warehousing, any of the bottling, anything like that. So, And so what do you think of, you know, your time at Brown Foreman and Woodford Reserve? Well, how has that really prepared you for what you've taken on now in this role as as the operations manager here at Angels Envy? Well, like I said, I, I, I was able to learn, you know, I, I'm not an expert at anything by by any means. <laughs> well, it's we'll a, never claim to you know, be. It's, it's a master of none I, and jack, jack right. of all trades. So. I, I've, I, I, never, I learned a little bit or, well, quite a bit about almost everything related to our industry, you know, uh, filtration, quality control, safety, uh, the environmental aspect, uh, TTB reporting and record keeping. Um, you lost me you know, right there. There's just a, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a, you know, just levels and levels of, of, of different things that are going on in this industry that, you know, a lot of people don't realize. Uh, but you know, you have to kind of stay on top of all of it. And so, uh, you know, that's, this is going to be just another great opportunity for me to be involved in, in another startup. And, and, uh, as far as the distillery is concerned, mm-hmm. uh, so at our, at our facility that we're building here, just a couple blocks away, we're going to have, uh, same thing, you know, a, a full, full, actually larger distillery than I started up at Woodford. Um, you know, we'll have bottling, we'll have processing, uh, we have a barrel warehouse, uh, that we just renovated and opened up on uh, 7th Street Road mm-hmm. uh, that will be loading with barrels. You know, of course, then you've got uh, all the processing and bottling and, and the the extra element of the, the, the port wine barrel finish that we have with this. Uh, oh, yeah. Know, we want to get into that a little bit later, yeah. right? Let's, 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 let's save some of that as, as, as a teaser for a little bit later sure. in the show. But let's, let's kind of move over to Kyle a little bit. You know, Kyle, this is, this is one thing that, that, that Kevin just said is, you know, you guys are a startup. But one of the things that it's, it's very there's – a, there's a similar story between pretty much every distillery you go to is that there is, there's family lineage 
everywhere, sure. right? And even though that Angel's Envy is is very um, very new to the world and very no, new to this realm, there's still a family lineage here. So talk about, you know, we can talk a little about Lincoln a little bit, you know, your relationship and kind of maybe that's how you got into bourbon. But let's go ahead and kind of get your story about how you got into this. Sure. Um, well, of course, I mean, Lincoln and my dad and myself, it's three generations now um, uh, that ha- that have been or are involved in the brand. Um, but my start itself, um, it was kind of uh, unexpected. I was uh, at Florida State working to get my biology degree. Um, or biochemistry, I, I guess at the time, um, I want to go to medical school. I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. Um, that took a hard left turn. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to, you know, be a James Andrew, you know, doing sports medicine for famous athletes and things. Um, and some somewhere around my junior year, um, my dad and my parents and my family, you know, my brothers and things, they had all lived in Florida at the time. They moved back to Kentucky uh, for my dad to start this brand with my grandfather. Uh, I was still at Florida State. I was on my career path, and I realized, man, this sucks. I've got six <laughs> more years of school, and my family's up back up in Kentucky doing you know this fun stuff. And really, I cool wish job. I was there. So my dad uh, kind of gave me an opportunity to help him out uh, and do a few things over a summer with him. And I took that opportunity and came up and never left. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of fell into that too. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was a family thing, but. My dad didn't want to push me into this. He, he wanted me to do my own thing. He didn't want me doing it because he was doing it. Uh, so he was, he was a little uh, apprehensive about really bringing me into it because he didn't want to make me you know, feel like I was forced into it, which I appreciate now uh, because I, I think if he had said, go do this, go do that, go do this, um, I may have not, I may not be as, as open to, to what I'm doing now. I mean, I may not be happy where I am. I may not, I may not have gotten to where I am to where I am happy. Yeah. I mean, that, um, that kind of makes you feel like you, you know, you weren't scarred into, into yeah. doing this and you never want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I can tell you just a personal story in my life. I remember one of the things that my dad got me for Christmas as like a 10 year old, you know, my dad was, he was a, he was, uh, you know, he was a, a, a champion wrestler and all these different things and, you know, wrestled the Marines. So he was very much wanted me to go into that as, as a sport. And so even at 10 years old, he bought me a bench press set and, <laughs> One of the things that he did as like a punishment when I was, you know, I was, I was a pretty crappy kid sometimes. And what a punishment, he would make me go down there and lift weights and hold weights over my head until I could no longer hold them anymore. And that it scarred me so long that I hate working out. To this day, I still do not work so out. That's your excuse. That's my excuse. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I'll, but keep, I mean, I'll take that one. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's kind of funny you say that, you know, he didn't pressure you into it. You kind of, you kind of just found your way here. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And now he did, you know, he offered the opportunity, um, he was involved with the some of the craft distilling and the new distillers programs and associations and things like that. Uh, through that relationship, he got me a, an internship at a distillery in Virginia, um, Catoctin Creek, with um, Scott and Becky Harris, who are still up and running and cranking out. And they opened a new distillery recently, and they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I was able to, to do about a week long internship with them, run there, still with them, and clean out the fermenters and, you know, do some grunt work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it was really my first foray into the production side of the industry. You know, I'd always seen my grandfather traveled a lot, you know, especially w- when I was around, he was the master distiller at, at uh, Woodford, you know, the, that I remember. So he was always out promoting. He was in Europe. He was in Japan every other week. He was doing this event, doing that event. And, uh, you know, that I remember, he didn't spend a whole lot of time in the distillery 
running equipment and things like, like Kevin was doing, he was more, while he still did some of that, I think, uh, you yeah, know, what I remember, he was yeah. more face of the brand mm -hmm. uh, PR stuff. So that was my first experience in Virginia with, holy cow, that still gets really hot. And when you try to clean it and rye is really sticky <laughs> and it's hard to clean. And it's really cool seeing some of the reactions when you add the enzyme, you know, the enzyme to the rye or the, the malt um, and breaking down the, the starches into sugars and things. That's what interests me is science, you know, the, the how and why of what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think while I enjoy the PR and marketing side of it, I think seeing the, the behind the scenes, the industrial, the, the true grit and production really helped me enjoy what I do more. Uh, From and, barrel to bottle, that, yeah, that whole timeline. Absolutely. Right? Now, that, that said, I still love going out to the market and talking to people and promoting the brand and doing all of those things, but I don't think I could give up what I do now uh, if, if I tried. Right. Uh, and I, I literally I don't think anybody would let me either. There's, <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we're still, you know, we're still a pretty small crew. We can't, uh, can't afford to lose too many people. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of fun. So you kind of you hit on a little bit about, you know, you're talking about the rye stickiness and all these different things. Now let's talk about your daily jobs here at Angel's Envy. So, you know, Kyle, we'll start back with you again. So what's your role? I mean, you know, we we're kind of talking before this, right? You're, you're at the bottling plant, you know, every other day trying to figure out what's going on. So I guess, you know, even with the new buildings that are all kind of being brought up, like what's your job role like now? And what's your job role going to be like in 2015? Actually, you know what? Maybe let's not even get there. Maybe we can come back for a show after it's all, all up and running. We kind of talk about a little bit differences. But kind of gives an idea of what's going on right now. Like what's your what's your day-to-day -day operations? Sure. What do you do? Sure. Um, I mean, day-to-day -day right now, uh, we have a contract facility that bottles for us. And we have just recently opened our own in-house bottling facility. Uh, so the day-to-day -day is uh, selecting bourbon barrels to, uh, to taste, uh, to dump, to then put into port barrels, uh, analyzing the port barrels to ensure that they're still usable for our finishing process, getting them filled, uh, running tests on them to make sure they've reached maturity that we're looking for for the finish. So, so let's let's talk about that one a little bit. So what's when you're when you're looking at a maturity of a of a port finished barrel that you're going to be basically using to to age your uh, bourbon a little bit longer? What do you what do you look for in that? Like what's the process? Or is this a little? Maybe, I mean, it's it's. It's pretty. Am I, I'm not. I want to edge on the the, the no, thing of proprietary I mean, here, we, but our you know our finishing techniques are are you know proprietary. We're one of the few companies that do it on a regular basis. Um, and as far as I know, we were the first one to release it as our core product, American product. It is a finished whiskey. That's all we have. We don't have anything else. Um, it, you'd look for different things at different times of the year. Um, you look for different things depending on what product you're producing. Are we producing our core product, our you know our, our flagship port finished bourbon, or are we producing this special blend, which is uh, kind of our riff on a single barrel, where we bring different blends to accounts and let them blend it for their own profile? Um, or are we doing rye today? Are we doing cask strength, which is a you know a, an extra aged, extra finished barrel proof version of the flagship? So depending on what product you're looking for, we do have internal sensory specs we're looking for. Um, we do have a few people that uh, you know mainly my dad and myself at work and getting more people involved on who needs to taste and what they're tasting and and building a library and uh, a kind of a, a standard for sensory of what we're looking for. But for the past four years, it's kind of been, does that taste good? Yeah. Okay. Let's bottle it. Um, you know, <laughs> and that's simple. Huh? That's kind of the fun thing of being a small company at that point is it was literally 
Does it taste good today? Yep, put it in the bottle. Ship it. And that was kind of our <laughs> brand story. You know, we have on the cork, we have Expression 1010 and all these batch numbers and everything. We, the, we, we bought a lot of 500-gallon tanks. Uh, so the largest amount of whiskey we could dump at one time is a, about 10 or 12 barrels, something like that, once you add water to proof it down. Uh, so you can't, you can't mix any more than that. So you, you're going to have a lot of fluctuations in your taste profile. You can't be exacting when you're doing such uh, minute volumes compared to some of these bigger companies that are doing thousands of barrels at a time. And that's part of the brand. It's, it's a, you know, it's a, a developing uh, taste profile. Mm-hmm. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. And Kevin, I guess let's give us a little bit of interest about, you know, right now you're, you're doing a lot with the new warehouses that are being built. And so what's, what's sort of your, your operations right now in this sort of I don't want to say it's a, uh, I guess it's a, a, a different phase than maybe well, what you're used to. Actually, you might be actually I, I, very used to doing Honestly, this right now, my, probably my major focus is the distillery. Uh, you know, that, that's a, it's a, it's a large project. You know, we're, we're putting in a, uh, uh, 28 inch column still. We'll be able to do at full capacity. We'll be able to fill a little over 80 barrels a day. So it, for a downtown, right in the middle of downtown Louisville distillery, it's, it's going to be a very, uh, very good size distillery. Obviously it's not a, you know, it's not a, uh, Heaven Hill or a Jim Beam or a Brown Foreman, one of those size distilleries, but it, it's going to be a decent size distillery. Uh, between everything that's going on with that, you know, that, that's consuming a, probably the the bulk of my time uh you know i i kyle like i said he he handles all the bottling and and barreling and uh uh production functions as far as that goes uh you know i've i've i quickly realized when i started here that you know i i just kind of stay out of kyle's way and let him do his thing he you know he he's been doing it 
for this company longer than I have. Uh, you know, I, I, I understand the distillation side pretty well. And, and that's going to be my key focus here. Uh, Kyle, you know, he knows what he's doing and, and I'm there to help him make contacts or, you know, figure things out when he needs help. Otherwise, you know, he handles all that. Uh, and so we're, you know, we're, we're just kind of, like I said, most of my, my time spent with the project, the actual distillery project. So just my, my focus is to get that up and running as quickly as we can. Good. Well, so I'll ask you this question, you know, since, since you're, uh, you know, really in charge of the day-to-day operations, you know, I, I kind of want to understand, you know, you came to Angel's Envy for a, a good purpose. And at this point, it's been a very, I think what we've all seen is Angel's Envy is a, a huge success, right? We've seen mm-hmm. it in the marketplace. Absolutely. And so what do you, what do you think that makes Angel's Envy so special? You know, is it, is it the, the port barrel finish? Is it, you know, the, the, the fluttering wings that you have on the bottle is, you know, what is it? The marketing engine behind it. Like, what do you think makes it so special? Why it's, it has the above. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you pretty much answered your own question. It's, it's yeah. The package is, is very unique. It's very pretty. The the shape of the, just without even the decoration and the labels on the bottle, the shape of the bottle speaks to people. I think Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it just has an organic human figure shape to it. Um, like a, of, like it's almost a female or feminine shape to the bottle. It, it's, it's pretty manly. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, no, it stands out on my bar. That yeah, yeah. It it's, it's, over it's a gorgeous package. Uh, but beyond that, yeah, just you know, a, a port a port finished uh, bourbon is you know it, it's unique and uh, it's. It's delicious. I, I've loved port wine for a long, long time. You know, I, I it's, it's a very, it's a deep wine flavor, right? Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not just something usual that yeah. you can go pick up for like $10 off the shelf, right? I mean, well, a port wine is something that has a very different taste aspect to it. It does. And, and there are, there's a huge variety in port wines. What I've discovered over the years, uh, you know, the, the, the unaged stuff, uh, you know, you, you have, you have stuff that's not very good and then really good. And, and then, but I, I really prefer the aged, uh, the 20 and 30 year old tawny ports and, and things like that. They, I, I love that. Uh, I call it, there's a, there's a sensory aspect to it. I call, uh, taste, taste and smells like raisins to me, a really good aged tawny port. And, uh, you know, it's, it's such a, it's just such a good, uh, characteristic and what, the, the, what that imparts to our bourbon just, you know, it, it just, it makes it so nice and so smooth and, and just, you know, the, the aroma is incredible and, you know, people, people are eating it up, you know, it's not a bad thing to have, no. right? Yeah. Profits they're, are always they're, good. They're snapping it up. <laughs> we, we can barely keep up. So life is good. Well, if you can barely keep up, I mean, that's, that's one of the great things is that you're, you're buying, you know, you bought the old Yellowstone distillery warehouse. Uh, that's probably where a lot of barrels are going to go age. Is that, I guess yeah. kind of give me a rundown of, of how the operations are going to go. You know, you've got this location right here that's a few blocks away from us. Uh, that's going to be the actual distillery here uh, at East Main Street. And then you've got some other different facilities. So kind of give us a like a, a, a verbal map of how everything kind of goes from when it's barreled and then it goes to the warehouse and then when it needs to be bottled. Like where, where is it all going to go? What's the, the lifespan of a, of a barrel for Angel's Envy then? Well, so out on 7th Street Road, we we have a 10-acre property that used to be part of the Yellowstone Distillery. Uh, anybody from Louisville probably remembers Yellowstone Bourbon. Um, the uh, we, we, bought, we bought 
the part of the property that had the barrel warehouses on it. There was one barrel warehouse still standing. We've renovated that. Uh, obviously, uh, upgraded a little bit. We had to add sprinklers security and, uh, brought that back to life. And we've, uh, we had barrels stored all over the state and we've recently brought all those back in and put them on in our own warehouse. Uh, we have room to build a couple more 50,000 barrel warehouses out there. Uh, so that, that's our plan right now is to get started on one of those as quickly as possible. Uh, so in the future, when we start distilling here, as we're filling barrels, we will bring those to those warehouses, age them there, uh, bring them back to this distillery property at 500 East Main is where I'm talking about. And, uh, we will, you know, from that point, we will dump the bourbon, finish them in the port wine barrels. That'll happen on site. So, you know, when visitors come, they'll be able to see all of that. Uh, and then, uh, and then process, dump back out of the port wine barrels, process that whiskey and prepare it for bottling and bottle it on site. So, uh, when visitors come to the site, they'll see everything from, you know, when the grain first comes into the building to the, the time we bottle it, except for the actual, uh, the bourbon aging in the warehouses, but we, we have plans to try to take people out there to see. That. Is there, is there an anticipated start date of when any listeners can finally come and experience the, the angels and the experience? I obviously we can't promise anything, but <laughs> our, our goal now that we've actually got demolition started and uh, we're actually doing some structural work on the building. Uh, our goal, our goal is and has been to have this thing up and running by the end of this year. So it's a pretty lofty goal. We mm-hmm. got we got a lot of work to do, and uh, but if you know if if uh, if the gods are with us and allow it, you know, and and a lot of things go right and, and happen happen angels. in order, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The angels watch over us. We'll 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 have it done. But uh, so it's, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah, as some listeners might not know, and you know, Kyle, I'd love to get your kind of input on this too. You know, there's a, there's a huge project going on by the city of Louisville right now to do a lot of renovations for bridges and stuff like that. That's not that big. (laughs) It's just the largest infrastructure project the state of Kentucky has ever done. Yeah. Yeah, So (laughs) So it's it's put a lot of uh, pressure, at least around this area, because I know we've come down here uh, quite a few times and then you're like, oh, crap, well, this road's closed today. Oh, man, now this one's closed today. And they're tearing down a bridge. They're rebuilding one. And and what kind of, I guess you could say, has that is that put a damper on the timeline? Like what, how's that really affected it? And how are you trying to work around that? Uh, it definitely, it definitely delayed us a bit. Um, we bought the, uh, we bought the property from the state. Um, they had purchased it to expand the interstate. And, uh, while they were doing that, we were unable to take control of the property. They wanted to complete what they were doing and, and basically, you know, be done with what they needed for us, uh, to give it to us. So that delayed us taking control and being able to do renovations on the property, which is, uh, it's good and bad. One, it delayed us, but two, we don't have to, you know, really, I don't want to say deal, but we don't have to, we don't have to be in their way and they're not really in our way on that specific site. Um, so it, it did lose us some time, but I think we'll probably gain some of that back in not overlapping with, oh, their crane has to be here today to lay foundation for this major interstate. That portion of it right by us is complete, but overall the whole project, it slows things down a lot, you know, because you have closed roads and we've got, we have to close part of main street down uh, while we're renovating the building. And every now and then they close main street to do renovations on the bridge and it delays, you know, it may delay 
equipment coming in or it may delay something going out, you know, waste going out or whatever it happens to be. So it's, it's definitely not making it any easier. Um, but it's needed. The city needs the bridge. So, uh, in, in the city needs it still read that long term once make it easier to get here. Yes. Well, and, and, and one of the benefits of being right there is there's what, how many hundreds of thousands of cars pass over that bridge every day? Yeah. Stick up a sign. We are literally like the second thing you see when yep. you cross the river. You see the baseball field, Louisville Slugger Field, and then, oh, look, it's Angel's Emmy Distillery. Let's go. You know, it's it's going to be the best advertising you could probably ever ask for. Um, I, I couldn't deny location, that one. at least. Yeah. So. When, when you come across the bridge at night, it's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And, show place. And so I guess... One of the, there's a there's a common theme in, in a lot of this, uh, at least with the bourbon industry, is that it's a it's a game of patience, right? You can't rush bourbon, uh, you can't do all these different things to 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 try to make it better and make it faster. And you know, with the bridge project going on, yes, it slowed us down, but you got to be patient, right? So uh, has it has it slowed down your idea of like, well, we can we can make more bourbon because there's a huge influx and we've got to start planning for, uh, you know. 2020 and 2025 and 2035, like all these years. So I guess has this kind of put a damper on that a little bit? It, a, a, a little bit. Uh, you know, ideally, like, like Kyle said, the 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 taking over ownership from the state was delayed quite a bit. Uh, there was also part of the property has an alley that runs through it, uh, and the 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 city and or state. Uh, is going to allow us to close that in and use that as part of our facility. It's actually going to be our tank room. And uh, the problem with that, though, is before, again, before we could close on the property, the state had, we had settled a lot of things with the state. Well, AT&T had some phone lines or fiber optic lines or network lines or something that ran under that alley. Well, we're going to need to tear that alley up and cover that in. Yeah, well, I think so. you're going to ruin somebody's day if you start <laughs> yeah. cutting. That's and for sure. We we ended up we ended up having to wait quite a few more months to close on the property, just waiting on AT and T to get their their network lines out and 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 then you know give us the go ahead. Uh, so that that was another huge delay. When you add all that up, you know we 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 really we wanted to be we want to had we wanted to have this distillery in operation. Right now, we, mm-hmm. we should already be distilling. Right. You know, it, it is what it is. You yeah. know, you Murphy's I'm, law. I'm sure so, you, you yeah. talk to all the other people that are the new the new tenants on Whiskey Row and they're all feeling the same thing. Right? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, Absolutely. when Evan Williams experience first started, they they had their own problems getting started and everything like yeah. that. So I think it's it's just Absolutely. something that, that everybody's going to have to overcome. You got to realize, I mean, uh, the building that you got was it's from like 1900s. Right. I mean, it's it. It needs a lot of renovations to be able to make it to a point, yeah. right? I mean, it's- yeah, 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 yeah. It's well over a hundred year old building, and, and it's in very rough shape. It's been ab- abandoned for a very long time, uh, you know. And and yeah, like you said, the same thing. Michters they they've got a huge project on their hands down at Eighth and, and Main. Beautiful building, but you know, it, it needed a lot of structural work, and and uh, you know, they're they're they've got quite a bit of work to do to that building just to prepare it to, you know, start the installation. So, but they're, they're full steam ahead, uh, peerless distilling, you know, I talk to those guys occasionally and, and they're, they're doing very well. They, they, I'm actually hoping they'll be open and up and running this spring. 
they're hoping so, <laughs> and I'm hoping for them. You know, it's it's been fun watching those guys make that happen. And then you know, the, with the announcement of Old Forester putting a distillery right here, just another two blocks up, it's it's the the momentum and excitement is really building, and I, I'm really looking forward to the day when. All five of us are up and running, and and I'm sure somebody city- else decides to build another one here. Or, <laughs> you know, I, I and right here, like Nulu, you know, that be yeah. that oh, seems yeah. like a prime prime area for you know for somebody to open up a distillery. Yeah, it's great because you can so, do the tours and stuff, and there's tons of great restaurants right. and yeah. shops and exactly. everything. So it's whole one big long strip. Yeah, it's it's I gonna in 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 three you know in another two or three years, it's gonna this whole two mile stretch is going to be a destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm sure the city of much like you. bourbon country is now. So, <laughs> right. you know, but maybe, it's maybe going to be very localized. I'll leave a little bit of taxes for you as, as a, as a nice thank you. That'd be nice. But yeah. be real nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, guys, we're hitting up about that 35 minute mark. Uh, probably a little bit less than that now, but you know, I wanted to say thank you again for your time today. Um, is there anything else that you kind of want to leave with, you know, what you could tell any kind of consumers that are out there that, that are looking at Angel's Envy on the shelf and after listening to this, like what's going to make them go ahead and grab that bottle and, and try it? I do. You go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Kevin. You know, every every day and and I, I think about Lincoln Henderson, Kyle's grandfather, uh, you know, during the project and building the distillery and, you know, with the warehouse and the little bottling facility we've just opened. And, and I, I think about Lincoln a lot and, uh, I, I remember the days I used to spend with him at Woodford Reserve, and and he was such a such a kind gentleman, full of charm and love and happiness. Uh, the guy always had a smile for you, and a and a just was glad to see you. And uh, he was he was a, a true gentleman's gentleman. And uh, I I I regret that he can't be here for all of this. It uh, that makes me a little bit sad. It, it's bittersweet. But, uh, you know, he, he just, he, he had a big hand in helping me get started at Woodford Reserve also. He, you know, I, I worked with him as, as part of the R&D group and, uh, he helped me get started out there and, uh, I learned a lot from him. Um, and, and it's, it's just, it, it's, it's interesting that when, when we were working together, he, he had this idea 15 years ago. He was thinking about, uh, barrel, uh, you know, port and sherry and, and Madeira barrels and brandy barrels and things like that, taking bourbon and finishing them in, in other types of barrels. And, you know, he, he was very interested in that then. And, uh, it just, it never kind of really went anywhere at the time. So it was a lot of fun to see him, uh, in his retirement, start this up and, and it's, uh, and to be a part of it, just, it, it, you know, it just, it's like I've just come full circle in the whole thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back to day one and get to do something really fun with a lot of great people and, and right here in the middle of Louisville and my hometown. And, but, uh, yeah, I, we all, we all have a lot to, to thank Lincoln for in this whole thing. And, and that, that's what I always try to remember. Yeah. That's a, that's a good a kind of question basis. for you, Kyle, too, since, since you are, you know, the grandson, like, you know, since, since Lincoln, if anybody didn't know, Lincoln passed away in 2013. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, what's it, what's it like, you know, without your grandfather here and, and how you want to carry on that legacy? So what, what do you, what do you kind of see? Um, is that next? What's it like? Forward? It's, it, it's kind of, uh, some big shoes. To it's fill, depressing. Maybe. You know, it's, he, 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 he was a big role in my dad and myself, uh, in our, in our lives and in the career and, you know, in this industry. 
Um, but I think we have managed to continue on pretty well. Um, we've, we've made, you know, continued to manage the brand and grow the brand with our team. Um, and, and, you know, the, the marketing and sales and, you know, increasing production and everything. Um, and we are taking, you know, some of the ideas that he left with us and, um, some ideas that we developed with him together and some ideas that we've kind of, um, developed out of his ideas and we're, we're running with them. So, so, you know, it's one of the reasons to, to kind of watch and, and see what we do. Um, you know, right now we've got the port finished, uh, bourbon. We have the Caribbean rum cask finished rye whiskey. Um, we may or may not have tasted a sherry finish last week. You know, I wasn't going to propri- uh, you know, know, ask for like proprietary I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's funny because I even have in here, you know, I, so I want to talk about the rum barrels, I want to talk about all these things, you know, but what else is new is coming. So there, that is the only thing I will talk about <laughs> just because we literally tasted it last week. And Kevin today, literally today said, man, I'm thinking about that sherry barrel. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, we're, was good? it was pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's, we're all about trying different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll test a few barrels, and if it turns out terribly, fortunately nothing has. <laughs> I don't know what we'll do. Um, you know, Christmas presents. Yeah, I guess. I to say. But, yeah. but special uh, bottling. You know, we'll we'll do different finishes. We'll do different whiskeys. We have uh, we've worked with the Filson Historical Society, Mike Veach, a local bourbon historian. Um, we're working with the Speed Art Museum and old um, you know his, historical records on on old recipes, old yeasts, um, and mixing that with, with new technology, you know, um, developing yeast to, to create a specific profile, um, looking at really unique barrel finishes, you know, bourbon barrels, we get to use them once by law. We can't use them again to age bourbon. So we sell them to Scotland. We sell them to the, you know, the Caribbean for rum. We sell them to Mexico for tequila. Well, what happens if we get those back and then age finish bourbon and those again, um, or finish, you know, another whiskey. We don't know, but, but, you know, that was one of the things my Let's dad, my out. grandfather, literally, that was, you know, kind of a top of our agenda was, I wonder what a tequila finished bourbon would taste like. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you really look at you guys and your brand as, as the, like the infusion brand? Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're not the only ones, but I, I think we're at uh, the forefront of that, that, uh, you know, kind of cutting edge there. It is, it's fun and it's, it's really cool to see, what a, a smaller brand can do that is harder for a larger company to do. We don't have as many committees and hoops to jump through and we're not quite as worried about the bottom line all the time mm-hmm. um, as, you know, some of these bigger guys are. They've got huge parent companies. They're publicly owned. They have stockholders to answer to. Um, we have to answer to ourselves pretty much. Uh, so we have, we have a lot more fun in my opinion. Now, I know those guys have fun doing what they do, but <laughs> well, we have to take more risks. Yeah, we, we can take a risk um, knowing that if we lose, you know, four barrels of whatever we finished, we lost four barrels. It's not the end of the world. Um, well, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> if there's some listeners out there that are going to disagree with you. It is yeah. fun to make a decision in four minutes instead of four weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Of, of meetings oh, and, yeah. and emails and yeah, that's, that's a good All time. the bureaucracy. Of so, <laughs> but yeah, just, to, you know, to wrap it up, I, I, I got to say, if, you know, to the, to the people that, that, that knew Lincoln, they know what I was just talking about. Yes. Absolutely. And for those of you out there that never got to meet him, I'm sorry. <laughs> Your <laughs> loss. He was, 
He was a gem. That's fantastic. And, and to get back to your question, you said why I choose it. It's because it's good. I love Angel's Envy. <laughs> yes. Well, thank it's you. Really <laughs> tasty. So yeah. it means we're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's inside the bottle? Yeah. Well, thank you guys again. Thank you. If you enjoy what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. If you also want to be a guest on the show, make sure you get in contact with us. You can reach us on Twitter at Bourbon Pursuit or on Instagram at Bourbon Pursuit as well. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, any suggestions, feedback, uh, suggestions for uh, interviews, uh, just let us know. Uh, appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.